Kingway Fox Beard Lock is acting very weird Captain Pike Crystal's wife Klingons and the afterlife Boimler Tendy's dog Ransom is very harsh Four drive Black alert Giorgio has gone berserk Teacher bad left, Edward is an idiot, Fox is dead, Wolf is wed, Chekhov's wearing red, Cedar's cat, Kempak's hat, Q has had enough of that, Beam me up, make it so, everybody let's go! We are Well, good evening, Trekkies and Trekkers around the globe. It is Monday night, and it's time for Trek Talking 2. This is our overflow show. Uh, these are the topics that we can't fit into our Thursday night show, and so we've had to move to a Monday night show and uh, sometimes we talk about some things on this particular podcast that um, are not part of um, our regular podcast simply because you know we can't fit them into the regular show so tonight I'm going to be talking about something which is very interesting and that's called gender in Star Trek and um, uh, what's wrong with this thing Charles can you hear me I can hear you and your wife. Yeah, <laughs> we are hearing a little background noise. Well, I'm trying to. I'm trying to get. I'm trying. I'm trying to get a link to. Um, I'm trying to get a link to Paul. To Paul here. Hello. Oh, my my internet is. My internet, my internet is going in and out here for a second here. Can you take over for a second, uh, Eric, while I try to figure this out? Absolutely, yeah. Tonight, uh, so Jim and I were, well, actually all three of us, Jim Charles and I were chatting uh, about a week and a half ago, and we thought, you know, what is a topic that we haven't really covered before on our podcast that is really timely? And um, I must admit, I think we were inspired by the latest episode, well, not latest, second to latest now episode of Strange New Worlds um, entitled The Serene Squall, uh, where there's a character of Dr. Aspen slash Angel um, who uh, does not conform to the sort of like binary definition of gender necessarily. And we got to thinking, you know, what what does classic Star Trek have to say about gender? Um, You know, whether it's from the original series, which we didn't find much, but... uh, you know, basically, what does Star Trek from the 90s and 2000s have to say about gender? So that is the topic that uh, that we're going to be covering tonight. We're going to kind of be revolving the conversation around, uh, I've got five episodes. I think that's kind of our, our contingent of episodes we're going to be dealing with here. Um, and just, you know, have a conversation about it and kind of see, uh, see what Star Trek has to say about gender. Okay, I Sounds think good. I'm back. Can you guys Woo-hoo. hear me now? We can, Uncle yeah. Jim. We hear you just fine. And, there's Paul and I hear, I see I that Paul got are. his link too, which is good. So All what, right. uh, what Eric is talking about is life beyond turnabout intruder. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. 
And, you know, you know, the reason why I think this is important is because look at the post on our Facebook page. And yeah, yeah. What Jim's talking about is that, uh, you know, on around about the same time we started talking about doing this show today, he had posted. Um, I just think it was just a picture uh, of uh, Angel and uh, and the doctor or excuse me, the nurse chapel and the number of just really kind of frankly surprising comments that we got from people uh, on our Facebook page about just that photo, just the two of them, uh, you know, looking at the camera together. (laughs) Um, What it brought out of people was just very surprising. Now Um, I will tell you that we will personally, I will always frame this conversation with a positive spin because I do believe that um, people who, who sort of hate, uh, and we'll talk a lot about hate tonight, but uh, people who sort of hate are probably in the minority, but they're really loud. So uh, it's important for those of us who, uh, who don't hate to also use our voices and to put out in the world the way that uh, it actually works so people aren't fooled. Yeah, and our phone number here is the same. It's always been 646-668-2433. And if you're listening to the show and, and it affects you in any way, we encourage you to give us a call, 646-668-2433, and share your story with us. We, we really would love to hear from you. So um, please, please do. 646-668-2433 is our number. We'll be here live for the next hour. So just to let you know. So let's, let's dive right in. Um, so in the 60s, obviously – this this topic was just non-existent in TOS. You didn't talk about it. It yes, mm-hmm. it just it, it was just no. We, I mean, we on TV we had married couples sleeping in separate beds on television. Um, so this particular topic was just absolutely. Well, just I'll, no. I'll I'll throw in a little I'll throw a little side note on it. I actually grew up with an uncle who lived with his partner and that was very hush hush. You didn't discuss that issue. And it, I don't think it's really until recently that they've been able to admit that they were a couple, but they had been a couple for a long time. Yeah. But you were 70s, you didn't talk 50s, 60s, 70s. You didn't talk about it. That was not public discussion. You will hear people like on our Facebook page that will say, well, uh, Gene Roddenberry never meant that with the ITIC. That was not included. They never talked about that on TOS, so therefore it's not relevant. And we don't have to treat them with respect because the ITIC didn't include them back then. That's some of the comments (laughs) that I've been reading on our Facebook page. And um, like, really? Really? So it's like a okay. it's like some other kind of uh, you know prehistoric definition of diversity is what you're saying is like diversity means what you want it to mean not what diversity that, the word itself means. Yes, I think people will <laughs> twist it wow. to mean whatever they want to mean. Another one of the comments that I see popping up repeatedly on the Facebook page is this is this phrase of beating you over the head with it. And um, it's it's in your face, and they're beating you over the head with it, and it's not relevant to the story, and it's just to check off boxes and tokenism, 
and things of that nature. And my reply to people who say that is this. When you watch TOS and you have a black woman on the bridge during the height of the civil rights movement, and you have an Asian guy who's flying the ship, you know, there was still a lot of feelings after World War II flying <laughs> around. Japanese-American, nonetheless, who actually was in an internment camp himself, you're going to tell me that that wasn't in your face, that that wasn't a political statement at the time. So for people to say that Star Trek beats you over the head with, with, uh, with it is just not true. It's just not accurate. It's people seeing what they want to see. Now, one of the things, and we talked about this, um, on Discovery, was it season three or season four? When we first meet Adira, remember the scene I'm about to talk about, Eric, where Stamets yeah. is in the engineering uh, chamber, and yeah. he's there with I don't remember who was with him. Was it was it Culber or uh, was I it, think it well, no, it wasn't it wasn't Culber, but the point was Burnham? it was a conversation between uh, between him and Adira, right? Right, and, and uh, Gray might have been there. Well, yeah, Gray was there, but Gray was invisible at the time. Right, right. Yeah. And Samet says something to the other person, and turns to the other person and says, oh, she's really good at that. She can complicate it, uh, uh, um, formulate that formula really quick. And after the other person walked out of the engineering bay, Adira turns to Stamets and says, what, Eric? Basically, he says that, uh, that they preferred to be called yeah. they. That's right. She says to him, it's they. I prefer they. And Stamets no. just they looks say at to him. Well, right, right. You're right. But what I'm saying at that time, up until yeah. that point, and so Stamets just looks at her and just says, Okay, that was it. That was it. That was all it was. It was just one sentence, one conversation, and that's the only time it was brought up. I don't call that in your face. Yeah, and uh, and we'll we can talk more about the ways in which um, Star Trek is actually moving to because obviously this was inspired by this conversation for us to have was even just inspired by people like Adira, you know, characters like Adira and the fact that. Star Trek has always done this kind of, they didn't always have the words for it. You know, um, I right. think uh, when we talk about these five episodes tonight that come from the sort of classic next gen era, we'll see that they were, they were doing the things. They just didn't have the words to necessarily call it what it was. And the great thing about those episodes that we're going to get into are that um, like today's episodes, multiple people can see them from multiple perspectives and get multiple things out of them. So it's not like, it is a episode about X and that is the only thing of value in the whole episode. No, they're complex enough that different people see it different ways. And that I'm, that's what I'm really excited to talk about. Absolutely. And also you would think that maybe not so much TNG, that was the eighties, but um, maybe Voyager. I don't think, well, at any rate, the thing we were seeing that we saw with Star Trek when it was purely episodic, which we're not seeing so much today. And I think that might be why so many of these fans say they hit you over the head with it. They beat you to death with it is because 
the episodes we're going to talk about are really good episodes, but when Riker meets um, the character that we're going to talk about, whose name I can't recall right now. Um, yeah, it's Soren, we, Soren, I believe. Soren, that's You're talking about Soren. the outcast. Yeah, we have this beautiful interaction. It's really great. But at the end of the episode, again, the Enterprise flies away, and that's never dealt with ever again. One episode, done. And so fans that like like the fans that are complaining on our Facebook page aren't constantly reminded of it. And I think that's what they mean by beating you over the head with it and in your face. Because every Star Trek up to now would tackle a subject and leave the subject behind and move on to something else. But that's not and the case be- today. And it could be that 99% of one of today's episodes has absolutely nothing to do with that as well. And I, and I think that there are some folks who it's just kind of like a little trigger and it makes them, you know, it's a, uh, it's often a result of them not having the right uh, or um, experienced language to discuss such topics, or maybe, maybe it's just flat out their opinions on those topics, but uh, yeah. It feels in your face when it's actually present in the same way that it's actually present in society. And, um, you know, I, I think it's important to acknowledge that we on the podcast obviously come from a certain uh, perspective, which is, I believe, consistent with Gene Roddenberry's ideals, this idea that uh, human rights is number one, right? Like, uh, we just care that everybody has the right to be who they want to be and do what they want to do within the laws of the society. So um, I think that's where this conversation stems from. And I also acknowledge that, you know, we're four like middle-aged white guys talking about this topic right now. So there's a certain limitation to our knowledge on the subject, but I still think it's a very interesting topic for people like us to have conversations about as well. Well, for, for, for me, I'm so like, um, like out of touch and like with all of this, that I'm so dense, if you recall, when, when we first found out about Adira. On, it's okay, Jim, but you're trying. You're trying. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. When I first found out about Adira, before we knew anything about the character at all, I got all excited because when I found out that the character was binary, the first thing I thought was, oh, great, they're bringing back the binars from TNG. That's how, that's how, that's, that's, Okay, and and yeah. I, I couldn't have been any further from the truth. It had nothing to do with the binars from the from the Next Generation episode one one zero zero one one zero zero one. Had nothing to do with it. My mind went right to that because when I hear Star Trek and I hear binary, I think, oh, the binars. Okay, it's my it was a familiar brain. word to you, and so that was that's your right. reference point yeah. at that point in time, man. That's all. That's yep. That's right. I that's where I went to the to the binars. And so, yeah, when Eric says, yeah, I, I, I'm not really the one to be talking about this stuff because that's how, that's how far out of touch I am. I thought binary was the binars. So, and I, you know, that's just the generation. We all that's come from a, these topics from a place of where we have familiarity and for comfort. And there's a couple of different ways you can react to that. You can seek to go, oh, wow, I didn't know this. Let me know more. I'd like to learn more. Or you can respond to it from a way of like, I'm, that freaks me out and I'm scared and because I'm scared and I'm uncomfortable, I need to rail against it. And you exactly. went the former way, not the, not the latter way. And 
part of the reason I think that we're all feeling we want to have this conversation is we've seen just a surprising amount of comments showing up on the Facebook page this week from people who chose that latter reaction and who are approaching what should be a show that in, is, you know, we offers all manners and all flavors of storytelling. And they're like, no, I'm not going to allow that. I'm angry about that. And to have that reaction right now, when we're seeing civil rights taken away from an entire gender of people in this country, how do you not talk about it? Because, you know, mm-hmm. gender is first and foremost right now, the North star of conversation in this entire country. And to ignore that and to ignore the potential that folks who are in jeopardy of having their marriages stripped away from them to make their relationships considered unlawful, to have to basically engage in the sexuality of their life and be criminalized for that. That's the kind of stuff Star Trek has always dealt with. And it's our responsibility to at least talk about it and to try to create a little bit more enlightenment and understanding. That's what Star Trek is all about. That's what it's always been about in my mind. And I also, I don't think another one of the comments, uh, then I'll turn it over to Eric. I promise Eric. Um, (laughs) I, I cannot, I can't keep up with the Facebook page. I I can't keep up with it. Um, but one, another one of the, the issues that I see, the comments that I see over and over and over and over again are Star Trek shouldn't be political and that <laughs> this is a political topic. Um, uh, or the other one is religion. You know, it's, it, it's against God and people should turn to God for guidance and stop being deviant. Uh, those are the two comments that I see most frequently on the Facebook page that, that just go away. But uh, first we should of all, turn to I'm, Landrew. Yes, Landrew. Well, that's right. Yeah, I mean, I, Guide us, I, Landrew. I, don't, I, I don't think that, that, he, that any type of human rights for any reason are ever political at all. I think that anybody that would say that they are political is just trying to put a Band-Aid on their feelings because you can't politicize uh, suffering. You can't politicize torturing people. You can't, you can't politicize that. It is not political at all, ever, period. You can't politicize taking people's rights away. No, it is not a political uh, statement at all. And the religious thing I don't, I mean, if there is a God and if you choose to believe in a God, would that God that you believe in justify the treatment of people that way is the question that you need to ask yourself. And if the answer to that question is yes, it's okay to, to torture people and belittle people and dehumanize them because God says it is, well, my friends, you are, you need to find a new God. That's my opinion. Okay. So, all right, Eric, I'm done. <laughs> I'm no, I think this down is a, off my, this <laughs> off is my a great box. intro guys. This is absolutely a great intro. And I think this like sets up why we're having this conversation, right? Um, and people have big feelings about this. You people know? have all, big, all, all sides of it. big feelings, right? I just, yeah. you know, the, to just briefly before Eric gets rolling here, just dovetail off what Jim, what Jim was saying, right? It's just like, okay, this does not threaten your belief system. 
right, in any way, shape, or form. But if claim to be a person who religion is a big part of your life, you know, that's great. We all need a moral weather vane to help us sometimes, right? But if you are in that camp and you react to things that you don't understand completely with hate, if you react to anything with hate, it's a good idea to look in the mirror and say, how do I reconcile the hate I'm feeling with the religion I'm supposed to be embodying? Hate is not part of any religion, be it Christian, yeah. be it Muslim, be it Jewish, be it whatever. You are not supposed to hate. You are supposed to love. And if you can't make that happen, I think it's at the very least you need – it's beholden for you to ask yourself why. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. But there you go. Well, and you don't. And the thing is, is you do not have to take our words for it, folks, because there is precedent in Star Trek. And as I was saying at the top of the show, you know, we obviously know that these days, um, Star Trek, we feel on the podcast here, is starting to get it more right, more representation, that sort of thing. But um, you know, for anybody who says, well, they didn't do it back in Picard's day. Uh, we picked out five episodes that we're going to very briefly discuss on each one, but I've got a little topic on each one that I want to discuss, and I, I just want to kind of like have you guys give your opinions on these things uh, about these episodes and see how they relate to what we think Star Trek actually ultimately says about gender. Um, and the first one, of course, uh, I'm going to do these in order of appearance uh, on the screen. So the first one that we've set aside is uh, TNG Season 3, Episode 16, The Offspring. Um, the Offspring here is the one that you may remember. It's the one where uh, Data decides that he wants an offspring, and he builds himself one. And there's a lot of cool stuff in this episode, but the part of it that I really want to focus on is the part of the episode, her name is Lo or their name is Lol. <laughs> Um, and I want to focus on the part of the episode where they are, uh, have yet to settle on a body. Um, they're sort of designed as this kind of, um, what do they look like? They look like some sort of, one of you guys who knows all these old sci-fi movies. It's, it's like a, some sort of character with, you know, smooth body and. and yeah, kind of, of like your, just like your generic, you know, angular. You know, kind of you know, like a like a mannequin more than yeah. more than more than like a or a simplistic android, right? With no real identifying, it, it looks very unfinished at this point, yeah. right? Yeah, and there's this great scene where um, where Troy is there, and they go, and Data is there, and Lal is there, and they're kind of going through all of these options. You know, Lal has been given access to the computer; um, they're able to pick whatever body, whatever identity, in a lot of ways. Um, they want, and there are genders associated with these choices. There are uh, different races associated with these choices, yeah. you know, and um, I just think this is very interesting because this is a case where Star Trek says, okay, here we have this character who really gets to, gets to have the joy and the privilege of instantly matching their outward appearance with whatever's going on inside. Um, so I just kind of want to talk a little bit about that real quick and see what your guys' thoughts are on, on, uh, the choices, you know, there's Andorians, there's a male, there's a female and there's a Klingon. I think those are the four right, uh, right. choices. Well, what's great is, you know, and I think it's just for, to, you know, 
the folks who think that, oh, there's all this, you know, uh, this is something new with like discovery and whatnot, right? It's important that I think a really great takeaway on this is when law makes her decision and she says she wants to identify as a human female, from then on, her decision is respected. Mm-hmm. No one tries to talk her out of it. You know, um, uh, data's not like, are you sure you don't want a penis law? I mean, there's none of that, right? There's no one's trying to lobby her or talk. It's just she makes her choice, her choice, and it's respected. We move on. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely, Paul. And, it, you know, the one interesting thing that I remember from that episode that I don't think is antithetical to that, I actually see it as totally consistent with that, but you could maybe read it in a couple different ways, is Troy – Remember when they show the Andorian body, that, that really funky, like <laughs> the only TNG Andorian we ever see. Um, and, uh, you know, Troy says something like, well, how many Andorian friends are you going to have on this ship? And Lal considers that as part of her decision um, when choosing a body. Uh, and to me, the kind of implication from Troy there is, well, you can make this easier on yourself if – you sort of matched, you know, what most of us on the ship are. Um, and so that one, that part to me is just a little bit sideways from, I think, the message, the overall message, which you're absolutely right about, Paul, is that everybody respects the decision once it's made. But does, is Troy, like, is Troy being affected by the social norms at that point? I, I always got the feeling, and I mean, I, I have not thought deeply about this episode for a long time, but it's just, I always got the feeling it was like when she's, trying to talk to Law there. It's like, Law's going to be really super unique, right? She's going to be her only type of being, like, initially, like, other than Data, that's there. And I think she wants her to be able to feel that, that she's part of something. You mm-hmm. know, like, when she says, you know, how many other Andorians are there? It's just like, right. okay, well, we'll be kind of isolated as opposed to wanting her to be an engaging, being able to be part of a larger community to help explore what it is to be human. I mean, I always kind of figured that's where she's going, but I could be way mm-hmm. off. No, I, think, no, I, I mean, I, 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 I agree, Paul. It's, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think that if yeah. law wants is the purpose of law is to learn uh, the best way to learn is to be amongst, I mean, if she was an Andorian, law wouldn't learn about Andorian culture because there's no Andorians to teach her that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So which you know, is once again super isolating. Yeah. For sure. So I you know, like Worf being on the Enterprise well, when Worf brings Alexander aboard the Enterprise and he goes mm-hmm. down to the to the school and beats up all the other kids and steals all the blocks because mm-hmm. that's what Klingons do. And no one's there to tell him, Well, that's not what we do. That was the that was the impression that I but again, I was in my 20s when I was watching these episodes. I thought Mm -hmm. things were a little different at that time. I might see it differently now. Well, and so, you know, here's another quick question just about this episode before we move on to the next one. So um, I believe that there was a – isn't there a moment when Lal and Riker kiss, right? Because Lal is kind of like she sees people people kiss, and she's like, oh, this is how humans interact. And – so I wonder if Star Trek of the time would have had that scene had Lal chosen, you know, the Klingon body uh, or, <laughs> you know, so, so I guess well, the, the, Kling- <laughs> the Klingons read love poetry and hurl heavy objects. <laughs> <laughs> More likely to get punched in the face. Yeah. 
But yeah, if I but remember just, correctly, yeah. Jonathan Frakes directed that episode, didn't he, Charles? He, yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, he yeah, did. Yeah, I think so. And that's also the scene where then Data comes up behind them. It's like, Commander, what's your intentions with my daughter? <laughs> that your daughter? <laughs> um, I got to go. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So um, I would say great episode that um, – that to me, um, you know, a lot of people see a lot of trans uh, allegory in this episode. You know, they, they see this idea of like being able to choose your own body, much in the same way that Gray, um, you know, is able to make small uh, updates, you know, get rid of the mole on his hand, uh, that kind of thing. Um, you know, this is uh, one of those times when somebody in Star Trek gets to match their outward appearance with what they're feeling on the inside. And just one interesting little thing that has to do with Guinan about this episode before we move on. Um, in one of the scenes uh, with Guinan tutoring Lal about human sexuality, a script line was changed in order to turn a strictly heterosexual explanation into a gender-neutral version. Research assistant Richard Arnold recalled, according to the script, Guinan was supposed to start telling Lal when a man and a woman are in love, and in the background, there would be men and women sitting at the table holding hands. But Whoopi refused to say that. She said, this show is beyond that. It should be when two people are in love. It was also decided on set that the background of the scene show a same-sex couple holding hands, but, quote, someone ran to a phone and made a call to the production office, and that was nixed, continued Arnold. So... Interesting little. Wow, that is fascinating, dude. Yeah. yeah, that is fascinating. So, but again, uh, we, we you got to think when this show. See, this is the other thing that that people have to understand is that back in those days, Star Trek relied heavily on advertising money, and, and they the had the constantly. Guy. Yep. They they had yep. to walk the line. Yep. That they couldn't piss off advertisers and lose money, so they always had to walk that line and air cautiously. Whereas the new Star Trek, they don't care. It's subscriptions. It's yeah. streaming. They don't need to play it safe and take the high road. They can do things that they wouldn't have been able to do with advertising dollars on broadcast TV. So that that changes the equation too. All right. I totally agree with that. And it was the producer who, who nixed that made that phone call. So, uh, so there you go. Um, the offspring, though, great episode, great discussion about that. Let's move on. So we're, that was season three of TNG. So if we move on to season five of TNG episode 17, we have a fantastic episode. Um, one that I put in my personal, like top 10 list, maybe even top five, um, the outcast. Um, and, and this of course is the episode, um, where there is a, I believe, uh, is it a Vissian is the name of the, I can't remember exactly. The, the name Janai. Janai, sorry. It's yeah. the Janai, right? Vissians is the other one. So there's a Janai uh, person who, and the Janai are a um, gender neutral uh, species. And there is one particular uh, person who identifies uh, with, as more female, has female um, feelings. And this episode was pretty famous at the time for being uh, obviously pretty strong allegory for uh, homosexuality. Once again, where, um, you know, somebody's feelings didn't necessarily match what was going on in society or whatever the societal norm um, is at the time. And so, um, 
you know, I, this episode to me is so cool because what happens is that um, eventually you get uh, a connection between this character, whose name I believe is Soren, and uh, Riker. And the connection is kind of made because they both are consider themselves good pilots. And they're sort of like standing there chatting with one another. And, and Soren's like, oh, I'm a pretty good pilot. And, and, you know, Riker's like, well, I'm a pretty good pilot. And, you know, <laughs> they sort of hit it off. And, um, and at the end, they do sort of have this very, um, you know, chaste kiss that um, in a lot of ways to me was, was safe um, for television. Uh, but I just kind of want to talk a little bit more about this episode and this character in particular. So this is a, an instance where Star Trek says, okay, we've got a character who is considered deviant in this society. They flip it on its head a little bit where everybody's gender neutral. And this one has, um, you know, strong feelings one way. Uh, what do you guys think about this episode? What do you think this says about gender in Star Trek? Well, I have, I, I should have watched it, but the way I remember it, the way my brain remembers it is that the, the civilization was, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Androgynous. I, I seem to remember there was a husk, something about a husk and, and they would actually change sexes. They would be female. Then they would be male. Then they would be female. And they, they, they were never the same. And this particular, um, character Soren uh, fell in love with Riker and wanted to remain a female and not become a male. Is that, am I, am I thinking um, about this right or wrong? Well, you're close. This is the one where this one has the spoiler alert, um, has the horrible, horrible ending where the, the character is eventually sent back to the society and undergoes conversion therapy. Um, yeah. Which permanently changes them back to the sort of gender neutral norm. Um, and, you know, you can read heartbreak in Riker's eyes a little bit um, when he sees them after that, that process, I think. Yeah. Didn't, yeah. Didn't he, he go, he went down with Worf to break her out. If I remember. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, he's too late in the end. He's too late. Yeah, he doesn't and, make and it. And the, the speech Soren makes at the end, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but it's just incredible. And if no one's seen this episode, I would recommend that you follow Eric's lead and go watch it right away. Um, Cause it's pretty easy to find these days, but, uh, but they basically say it's, you know, the way that they are, it's not a natural, I'm not sick because I feel this way. I don't need to be helped. I don't need to be cured. What I need is your understanding. And your compassion. And your yeah. compassion. And that's powerful stuff. And, you know, and at the end, you know, we're not deviants. We're not criminals. What makes you think you can dictate how people love each other? I mean, that's, you know, to not think that that's relevant to the world we live in right now is, is folly. It's a great and they episode. did it. They did it, too. They, they put, they, they, I don't know what they did to her, but they reprogrammed her mind. Conversion therapy. They, yeah. They converted her. And. And the scary thing is some of the people on our Facebook page were talking about sexual deviance and how people can be converted. That yeah. same phrase came up on our Facebook page that people need to be converted as if, as if that is a real thing, as if, you know, you can just turn it on or turn it off or change because someone tells you you need to, you know? Yeah, I mean, they portray conversion yeah. therapy as an effective way that, 
that, you know, leaves no lasting negative impact on the individual who gets it. And they don't, they don't talk about the horrors involved in kind of getting there. Right. It's like, I mean, you can metaphorically uh, kind of clockwork orange that right with your, your eyes wide open and crap being shoved into your brain. Um, It's not, it's not pretty. And um, the fact that kind of Star Trek goes there and they do take a stance, you know, this is not a, um, in some ways it's a prime directive type episode, you know, they can't interfere. Um, But uh, man, when does the prime directive get it wrong um, and, and go against the rights of the individual? And what is it? Why is society so threatened by the individual? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. They're not threatened by individuals, but by, de- by who they con- consider to be deviants. And there's some really good research out there, um, you know, that anthropologists have done about tribalism in human beings and whether or not this concept of, uh, you know, needing to put someone else in a different box from your own is a, is a genetic thing or whether it's just a societal development thing or whether it's the line in between. The point is that we are not, um, you know, Cro-Magnon human beings. (laughs) We have the ability to shape our own realities. We have the ability to think our way out of just about any problem out there. And it's pretty clear that it goes better when we all cooperate with one another. So honestly, who in the world has time to hate anybody else? Exactly. Well, they'll so. find they find time. Yeah, they, they sure may, do. Yeah, they do. They, have, they, they do. especially yeah. find time when they're when they're when you know those in control are so afraid of losing control. You're right. That they insist on you know loud speaking a message that you that the state knows what's best. Right. Yeah. The, the state knows what's best for you and how you should be. And that's what we're seeing going on since Friday, frankly, you know, and, right. and all manners of the way we interact with gender and society, you know, and, or, you know, it's, or let's sorry, go ahead, Charles. go ahead, Charles. I was going to say, or the church, what the church believes. Yeah. And unfortunately, we're entering into an era where the church is moving into government. And that's which, terrifying. which we could do a whole other show we, on. We yeah, could. We absolutely we will get Landry's on that. coming on the bridge here at this point. There's Landry's some, taking yeah. over Starfleet Academy. We don't necessarily <laughs> want to go there. Yeah. But it's just, no, I, I got to ask myself, right? It's just, you know, um, you know, and without derailing things too much, but it's just like, you know, uh, the, all the comments Jim's talking about that he sees on, on the Facebook right about oh this is being rammed down our throat and this is you know this is you know it's being beat over the head with and all that kind of thing like that right um i think that it's important to remember friends that uh science fiction's job has always 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 been since its inception since mary shelley started writing right is to hold up a mirror to society and a cautionary mirror and to let us talk about things that we might not be able to talk about without that kind of distortion of the futuristic lens, right? Mm-hmm. And my guess is I am sure that when stories dealt with stuff like this in the 1950s, 1960s, when people's science fiction consumption pretty much consisted of, you know, little issues of, you know, analog magazine or the magazine of fantasy and science fiction, right? They, they didn't have the immediacy of being able to just troll, you know, comments you know out of the like unspooling so many rolls of toilet paper right you had to actually write you had to pick up a letter 
and send in a letter to the editor and complain that way. So, but now we're in a whole new technological realm where people can instantaneously, you know, can expel their thoughts. But the deal is, it's important to remember, while that has exacerbated itself, the stakes for society have as well. The reason you see science fiction and Star Trek doing this so repetitively and so uh, what may seem you know, intrusively to some people is because that mirror we've got to hold up to society, society has changed. And science fiction is just responding. That's all it's doing. Right, you saw the same kinds of things that science fiction writers were doing about in the, the 50s and the 60s and before and, and throughout all that time, just reflecting what's going on in society. You're seeing discovery, you're seeing strange new worlds, you're seeing Star Trek and other mediums all across the board, other shows and other areas that are dealing with this now because it's just the reflection of society has just gotten more distorted and more warped, and the stakes for human rights are more dire than they've ever been. So science fiction is just keeping up. Absolutely. Agreed. And uh, we have a caller on the line, and I'm going to try to get my board to pick it up on the first try here. Let me see. Come you can on. do it, Lieutenant Uvura. You can do it. There we go. <laughs> Good evening. Thank you for calling Trek Talk. And what's your name and where are you calling us from tonight? If it is me, this is Vice Admiral Terrebonne contacting you for Outpost Phoenix in London, Ontario, Canada. And how are things in Ontario, Canada? They are doing quite well. I am shocked and appalled about what has happened in your part of the world. We have to be very aware of what's about to happen, not just for women in general, but also for transgender personnel, such as myself, that now if our government's going to dictate to us who we can be, when we can be it, I have a very, very bad feeling that there's going to be a lot of more uproars versus what came up for Stonewall back in 1969 as far as the whole pride celebration of things. Every day should be about humanity, not a day or a week of the year. Here, here. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Thank you so much. Yeah. And that's yeah. why we're doing this show, to try to get awareness out to people, make them yeah. try to understand, help them to understand. And help them understand that Star Trek has been about this all along. Like, I think that, that that's what surprises us the most is we assume in some respects that Star Trek fans are fans of the Idic and that they just kind of take this as the way that the world is. And to see people um, spewing hate on our page is a little surprising. So that's why we're doing a show like this, and we really appreciate your comments. Um, in fact, um, we are about to tie, if you want to stick on the line here, I'd love to get um, your opinions on your, on your, on this uh, next episode that we were going to talk about. Um, I, are you a DS9 fan at all? I do enjoy all the different genres. I haven't had the chance to get immersed into the uh, Strange New Worlds yet, but love Picard. Sad to see Q go, but now we've got to see how they're going to wrap up things for Patrick Stewart's character. Absolutely. Um, the next episode that we were going to just touch on very quickly here is the DS9 episode, uh, season three, episode 25. It's called Facets, and this is the one where um, Dax, who I I think uh, I have read uh, and sort of understand that a lot of transgender people really uh, identify with Dax on different levels. Um, this is the one where Dax is able to kind of go through this uh, trill ritual where other people are able to inhabit the different um, hosts that that person has had mm -hmm. in the past. Um, and it's kind of interesting because we get, um, yeah. 
you know, Chief O'Brien becomes Tobin Dax. Uh, we get Lita, who becomes Emily Dax. Um, Quark uh, becomes uh, a female, Audrid, which I especially would love to talk about. Um, you know, Bashir becomes Tarias. Uh, and then we've got Cisco becoming the murderer, uh, Joran. And then, uh, you know, Odo becoming um, Cisco's previous best friend, Curzon. So in this episode, to me, um, it's kind of interesting because they take this character, Dax, who we understand is a trill, has this, um, I believe they say in TNG that the trill don't have a gender, but I'm not absolutely 100% positive about that. And Dax uh, kind of is able to show, uh, you know, re-explore herself by going back through all of her previous hosts and learning things about, um, about herself through them. So um, one of the things that I really wanted to just talk about uh, related to this episode is this concept uh, that I think some people are familiar with. It's called uh, imposter syndrome. And it's a, it's a thing that um, is when uh, it involves feelings of self-doubt and, uh, uh, and personal incompetence that persist despite uh, what you think about yourself and, and uh, what you actually know about yourself. And Dax really goes through this, this idea um, of this throughout this episode here where she feels like different parts of herself are somehow betraying who she is, even though they're just kind of being put out in the open and I think in the end, she kind of comes to terms with all of her different parts, but it's just a very interesting episode in that the Trill is really the only race that we have who, um, you know, have multiple identities over multiple years and kind of like conf- put that all into one character. So I'm curious for our Trexperts and our caller if they care to comment, um, you know, what do they think about this, this uh, episode, Facets, uh, related to our gender discussion? I, I don't well, remember that one. Eric, I haven't seen that one in a long time. Oh, okay. Uh, is uh, does that... anybody else remember this episode? <laughs> well, is that the episode where Dax meets her 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 old uh, wife and they and they kiss? No, that's rejoined, which is the next one we're going to talk about. Oh, okay. Um, no spoilers. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's okay. That's okay. That's also a really important episode. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe you guys may may not remember this episode. Um, well, this is the well, one where basically it's like the mem- the memories of all of her former hosts are taking over the bodies of the crew, right? Right. They're is, basically kind of like possessing yeah. the crew, yeah. And the crew is able to kind of act out what those characters were like, right? Yeah. It was an interesting because you got interesting. Dax got to learn a little bit more about each of the characters, mm-hmm. but. She's got all these different personalities from both males and females in her. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if the Daxes are have are not. I think they are gen, mostly consider themselves gender specific, but a host can change from what they were to what a suitable host. Mm-hmm. So it may pass between males and females. And when you've got those life histories of those people inside of you, you do have those feelings of those males and females of what's going on in their past, which I wouldn't be surprised that many of them may easily easily choose to go out of direction. Or I wouldn't be surprised if we run into 
taxes who may consider themselves non-binary because they've got that got that belief in their system, but they're both. Mm-hmm. And they choose not to connect to either. Yeah, and trills are also kind of uh, interesting in that each iteration of them is also affected by the actual host that they go into, right? So there's the DAX symbiont, which is the consistent thread that goes all the way through, but then um, there's a little bit of kind of new flavor injected with every iteration of a DAX. So that that's just kind of an interesting identity, um, you know, identity updating uh, thing that Star Trek does uh, cover pretty in depth with with that character Dax and DS9, and it, we could probably just roll right and into how. yeah, well, absolutely the discovery later, yeah, for sure, yep. um, absolutely, yep, and definitely um, a discovery, yeah, discovery yeah, for sure. I mean, Adirtal and, and Gray, I mean, that's where they've really kind of started to, you know, show a lot more representation, and we were so excited when we first saw those characters. Um, we can roll right into, if we're talking, if we're staying on this topic of uh, classic Star Trek, DS9's episode, uh, season four, episode six, Rejoined, which is the one you were just talking about, um, uh, Jim. And this is the one where um, a woman uh, from one of Dax's previous hosts, Tarias, um, they were they were married to her, and they haven't seen each other in a very long time, and um, and they see each other again. And in this particular episode, we learn that in Trill society, it is taboo uh, for you to kind of carry relationships from one <laughs> host to the next, which is interesting because i mean cisco is obviously he calls dax old man and they have a very close relationship but but you're really not supposed to do that and you're especially not supposed to do that with romantic relationships um it's really a taboo um so you know because no one on deep space nine who's actually on there actually cares about the gender of people because they're pretty inclusive there has to be some sort of conflict. And so I feel like they had to kind of generate this conflict in the Trill society for them to actually have a story to tell here. But um, I'm curious what you all think about this episode. Of course, the big news being, you know, Terry Farrell um, kisses a woman in this one, and they, they kind of made a big deal about it when it happened. Um, do you think this episode holds up? Do you think it uh, still kind of represents the ideals of Star Trek? Um, just want to talk about that real quick. Well, I'll, I'll jump in here because this is a topic that on our Facebook page, um, the, the, the people that, that speak about deviance and religion and politics bring up time and time again is that Star Trek already dealt with that and they, they point to this episode. And I'm quick to say to these people, that episode with, with Dax and her former um, host um, is not what we're seeing on discovery at all. It's not the same. It's completely different because it's a trill. The, the, the race is um, that's the way they're brought up. They're not male or female. They're trill. They have a symbiont inside of them. So the fact that the physical, that Dax is physically, that Jadzia is physically a female and uh, the other character is physically a female on the outside is not necessarily the same because the symbiont on the inside is not. Whereas on discovery, 
they're not they're 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 coming out and saying you know here's Adira here's Tal here's Stamets you know and they're they're these are actual characters actual people that this is this is who they are they're not hiding behind a symbiont so it's in my mind it's not the same it's it's a different thing but mm-hmm. then again well, you know, maybe let me throw an interesting one out there that the documentary what we left behind and they talked about how effective they were and they got to this topic and they said uh did we succeed in this topic uh no Mm -hmm. they completely admit the fact that they didn't do this topic justice they didn't get into this topic like they could have and I, let me throw another. Let me show you another pair of characters that they discussed, and they never took in that direction. And that was Garrick and Brigier. Yeah, we never got into right. their relationship, and yeah. there's discussion that. Garrick might not have been attracted to Bajir as much as a friend, as much as a relationship. Well, yeah, and, and that's a good point, Charles. And I think that, um, you know, that's it's one of the topics that I'd like to cover with that is that there is a difference between gender expression and sexual orientation as well. You know, like in that case, you're talking about two people who are are male and call themselves him, but there was something going on there, <laughs> which was mm-hmm. which would be fun to explore uh, in a season eight uh, a little bit more for sure. Um, yeah. But but then there's gender, right? Which is kind of like the way that a person identifies um, and how it relates right. to kind of like all the the kind of non written rules <laughs> that are out there in society. Um, I am very very grateful that we have the options to choose that we are not all androids and are all Mm pre-programmed. If you think about the idea that we have a cosmic soul, we really are genderless when you get down to the bottom of things. When we come into the biological part of being born, we all start off in the womb as female. Once those hormones go in and change the body characteristics, sometimes the mind still remains in a female-type mindset. That's what I've endured. So I have to play catch-up now after going through proper puberty and everything to catch up to match the body with the mind that I have had all these years. When I expire, where I go after that, I don't know. But in the meantime, I want to try to enjoy life, not rub against anybody the wrong way, and have a great interaction and make the world a better place versus arguing over dirt or oil. Which is just being a good human. It's good, right? It's just yeah. being a good human. Well, a cognitive being hidden as a human, I, I might have to say. I know, I know. And, you know, I, yeah, and based on what you just said, you know, the other thing to acknowledge is that, you know, it, I, for me personally, Star Trek is now starting to do things like recognize the fact that there are more than two or even three genders, right? Gender is a spectrum. It's not a, yep. like, yes or no, black or white, or even a third choice. That's, no, that's not how yeah. it works. The, the days of cut and dry, it's an M or an F. No, we've got a lot of other letters in the alphabet to work from. I'm sorry. And yeah. not everyone's going to respond the same way to every single circumstance we're here to endure. But in the meantime, 
Why are we not getting along? Why are we pushing other people off to the side and saying, oh, no, we don't want to be part of that crowd? Don't be part of that crowd. That's fine. But don't hate me for me choosing to be part of that crowd. And speaking of hatred, that is absolutely a fantastic segue because our very last episode that we want to talk about is, and I hope everybody has seen this one, this is one that is uh, of the Enterprise episodes that are out there. This one is one that everybody needs to see. Season 2, episode 22, there's an episode called Cogenitor. And this is the one where we have a race of beings called the Visions. Uh, essentially, in this case, uh, it's a race of people who have a male and a female, and then there's this third gen- gender called the cogenitor. And in this society, this third gender is basically a lower oppressed class. Like, they're not taught how to read. Um, they're denied education. They are sort of passed from couple to couple to aid in the, in the mating process. Um, And in fact, um, this is the episode that I really wanted to cover related to pronouns because the pronoun that they first used, now granted, this is 2003, so this is when this show came out. Um, The pronoun used for the cogenitor is it. Um, And, uh, you know, throughout the episode, Trip sort of gains an affinity for this character and insists on using the pronoun she uh, nobody actually asks uh, the cogenitor what they want to be called. Uh, it is play; uh, they are played by a female uh, actress. Um, but in this in this particular episode, you know, the, they deal with not only ideas of gender but of slavery. Um, this third gender is kind of a slave, and I'm just very curious. Um, have you guys seen this episode, and are you familiar with this one? And what do you what do you think about this one? Is that the one where Trip gets pregnant? Um, no, this is not the one where okay. Trip gets pregnant. Nope. <laughs> okay. Nope. Uh, this is this is the one where he does. Um, he kind of makes it like his own um, personal uh, goal to somehow like break this person out of the the place where they are. You know, they they basically this person doesn't have uh, any societal standing he thinks that they want out. And so he tries to, to kind of break them out of this lifetime and just ignoring once again, you know, prime directive, um, no, no thought for any consequences of what it'll do to society or anything like that. Um, but it's not bad, but just <laughs> that's the way he approaches it. Yeah. Th- this was an outstanding episode. I felt because yeah. the, the aliens, the, 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 the male and the female, uh, alien people were complete total d-bags and you just wanted to reach through the tv and slap them because they were so um they were so uncaring and cold and unempathetic towards um uh, uh storin uh, towards the, the other characters this one's name yeah sorry i this didn't, write it, name. didn't write it down yeah towards them and it just it infuriated you that somebody could be that callous towards another human being Mm-hmm. At least it infuriated me when I see that. Yeah, you know. No. We've also had the third gender in indigenous society uh, that were known for healing and being the cross between the two genders. I know the term Winkty really comes to mind for me because the fact that I wouldn't mind being able to identify as a two-spirit, but because I'm not in that culture, I can't. But I do know abilities that I do have besides 
working around the world, doing what I'm doing, I'm aware of a lot more things that maybe most people aren't, working with gemstones, working with energy, working with concepts of thought. You know, our reality is shaped by what we think and what we see and how we perceive it. If we're not getting it right, sometimes we've got to relive that whole experience again to hopefully get it right at some point, or we don't get to advance. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, this is kind of one of those uh, episodes that, you know, it, although it is like the third gender, I really appreciate our conversation we had earlier about gender actually being a spectrum um, and people kind of identifying along that spectrum. Because I think that's a really, you know, that's why, um, you know, I, I forgot to bring up at the top of this episode that uh, one of the things that our podcast does is it operates on um, what I like to call the platinum rule, which is not, you know, do unto others as um, – you would do unto them or whatever it's, it's do unto others as you would like to be done unto you. So you would want somebody to ask you what your pronoun is. You would want somebody to treat you the way you want to be treated. So you should treat others the same way, not necessarily the way that you want to be treated, but the way that they want to be treated. Um, And it, it, there's a little bit of trip trying to lay his culture on top of the co-genitor in this one. But I think the overall message of the, of the episode is um, that folks like this deserve to have the same rights, um, which is very salient with today's discussion as Paul was, was talking about earlier. Um, And what's going on with recent Supreme court decisions, which are very concerning. It's kind of like the handmaiden's tale type of a, of a story. It is a little bit. Um, yeah. And I think that's, that, well, well, we won't get too deep into the woods there, Jim, but yes, <laughs> I, agree. Yeah. I agree with you. <laughs> but you know what? I just, I think that the fact that, you know, you might've heard me say before on the podcast, you know, and I'll put it in our Facebook in our chat that I'm about to post something. Um, be ready. Because I know when I post certain things that I'm going to get a certain reaction from certain people. And I, 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 I wish that I didn't know that. But unfortunately, yeah. it's true. And um, I think that that's a good thing because the fact that so many people are so upset about it and it bothers them means that they're paying attention and they're seeing something that's triggering something in them, which, which to me is a good thing because it needs to be changed. And until somebody understands that trigger and accepts that trigger and tries to change it, they never will. So, you know, that's I think right. the fact that... We're supposed that, to progress forward and not go backwards, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. It's, it's not enough to just get pissed off, man. You got to like... You got to do what you can in whatever capacity you can, because action, uh, you know, words without action are, are in some ways not as meaningful. Exactly. Thank you for allowing me to speak tonight. You guys have yourselves a great night. Thanks for allowing me thank in. Thank you so much for calling in. Oh, thank, thank you for calling in. Live long and prosper. <laughs> so, yeah, guys, I did, you know, in summary, I guess for tonight, um, you know, we've talked about five different episodes. I think that Star Trek covers gender in a few different ways in the past. Um, in my mind, you know, we're heading in a good direction with shows like Discovery and um, and even representation of characters like uh, Doctor Aspen uh, from Strange New Worlds. You know, just getting more of those types of characters on screen, or more Hammer, 
or more anybody who's not part of the, uh, quote, majority um, is a good thing. Representation matters. You know, maybe I'm completely naive. I don't know. Maybe it's the way I was raised and the things I grew up watching, but I don't understand hate. I honestly don't understand it. I don't understand how one person can hate someone else for because their hair is brown, their eyes are green, they're short, they're fat, they're tall. I, I don't understand how people can spend so much time and effort on hate. If you people would turn it around and spend as much time on love and acceptance and forgiveness as they do on hatred, what kind of a world would we be living in today? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe yeah. I'm not, you know, maybe I've got too much John Lennon going on in my head, but, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I really do. I, I, that's one of the things that attracts me to Star Trek. That's how I found you guys. That's why I have the Facebook page. That's why I do this podcast is to let all those people, like-minded people like us out there know that you're not alone. You're not the only one that thinks that way. There are legions of us out there that feel the same way, that think the same way, that see things the same way. And we can't let, we have to band together and stick together and stand tall. We can't let these other people blow you down or push you down or make you change who you are. And, um, yeah, so that's that's my soapbox. <laughs> I'm sorry. <Yeah. laughs> you know, but I do believe that 100%. And I just, that's just what yeah. I think. Well, Jim. It's got nothing to do with politics. Go it's got nothing to do with religion. It's just the way things are. You know, if we go, Jim, if we go back into the 50s, we had the racial divide between the blacks and the whites. We had a one yep. point where women didn't have rights and they finally got the opportunity to vote. There's been a lot of distrust and hatred in time. And we thought we were reaching the point where we kind of come, that was coming to an end. Well, it re- reappeared. And got worse. And, you know, I, I, Paul was saying at the top of the show about how things relate to today. And something just happened uh, today. I just heard it on the news. And um, there was a football coach who would go out on the field with his football team and kneel and pray. And the, the school said, you, you can't do that, that you, you can't do that. And it was, it was upheld. Well, our current Supreme Court, don't get me started, overturned that today and said that it's okay for them to go out on the football field and pray. And, and I'm thinking to myself, okay. Our current Supreme Court says that that's okay because look at who our Supreme Court is. If I had a football team and if I was Muslim 
And I went out on the field and I unrolled the carpet, got on my knees and said to my team, we're going to bow and pray to Allah. Would the Supreme Court think the same thing? And that's the question that everyone needs to ask themselves. You, you have to be acceptable. You have to accept everything. You can't selectively choose what you're going to accept and not accept. Either you, either you accept all religions as being justifiable or you don't accept any. And our Supreme Court just went out and said, yes, we accept this religion as being okay. And I'm waiting for that to be challenged when somebody does want to pray to Allah on a football field. And then I want to see what happens. And this is, this is the problem that I see in our country right now is that too many people want to force what they believe and what they think on other people. It's wrong. Got to stop. And I'm sorry. I, I, anyways. Yeah, Eric, continue. <laughs> no, that's it, man. Uh, I, great, uh, great discussion today, guys. Great talk about gender in Star Trek. Um, just, uh, I was so excited that we were able to sit down and, and have this conversation. Um, and I imagine it won't be the last. Oh, no. I'm sure it won't be. With what's going on, I'm sure we'll do it again and again yep. and again and again. So, um, all right. So before we before we say goodnight, guys, I want to let you know that Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. on Truck Talking, we're going to talk about the Kingdom of Elysium or the oh Elysium my. Kingdom. Yes, we're going to talk about that one. And this one is interesting because there seems to be a very – very distinctive divide on this particular episode. And I find it interesting because I I thought that the divide would have been on last week's episode because of Captain Angel, but that's not the case. (laughs) This episode is so much more uh, decisive, decisive, I can't Controversial. Controversial (laughs) for like no apparent reason than the episode that I thought would have been. And the comments on our Facebook page over this episode just vary from a zero to total crap to a 10. It was the best ever. And it's just funny how this episode got that type of reaction. We're going to talk about it. On Thursday night, so you definitely want to tune in for that and tell us what you, what side of the spectrum are you on on this episode and why. So tune in Thursday night, 7.30 p.m., same bat time, same bat channel for Trek Talking. Um, I want to say thank you so much to our caller from Ontario. We, we love to hear from you guys, and it means so much to us that you took the time to give us a call. Thank you so much for doing that. We really, really appreciate it. And thank you so much to Eric for hanging out and Trek talking with us on this Monday night. Thank you so much, Eric. You bet. I had a great time, guys. Thanks. And thank you so much to Paul for hanging out and Trek talking with us so much, Eric. Thank you. So glad this topic got brought up. These are crazy times we live in, and uh, we just have to do whatever we can to try to uh, insist that people re- receive dignity and respect. And we we are doing, and I think we're doing we're doing our share, and we're trying to make a difference. And that's the important thing, is you you do what you can, and we're doing that. And of course, thank you so much to our very own Charles for hanging out and Trek talking with us. Thank you so much, Charles. Thank you, thank you, Eric, for putting, putting together a good topic. 
this is definitely a good discussion that needs to be made. Absolutely. And I, I, re, I feel that we, <laughs> we could have gone on for another hour just on this one topic, but we're going to call it quits here. So anyways, guys, I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim. And I want to say to everybody, please stay safe and be good to each other. Hailing frequencies are closed. Good night, everybody. Good night, all. Be well. Stay safe. All right, then. Everybody ready? Yes, sir. Let's fly. With Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.